Welcome to the broadcast ministry of His Vision Ministries with Pastor Shane Lawson. God's word is unlike any other word, it is alive. Jesus said, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life, John 6:63. These messages are intended to bring life application, hope, and encouragement from the word of God. The purpose of His Vision's multimedia ministry is to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world through the use of technology and media as an outreach tool. We pray you will be blessed by today's message. Now here is Pastor Shane. Welcome to His Vision Ministries. I'm Pastor Shane. It's good to see you on this uh, Sunday, and I'm excited about the message that God has laid on our heart today. Be Please be taking God's precious word and turn with me, if you would, to the great book of Romans. Romans chapter number 8, if you would. And so in this message today, I want to speak on this subject, living in Thanksgiving. Now, Thanksgiving was just a, a couple weeks ago, and I want us to begin reading here in verse number 31 of the book of Romans. The reason that I want us to look at this message today is because in the life of a Christian, every single day ought to be Thanksgiving Day. And by the way, Romans chapter 8, alongside Romans chapter 8, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8 verse 31, alongside Romans chapter 8 verse 28, are two of my favorite passages in the Bible. So let's begin reading here in verse number 31. The Bible says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up from us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay uh, anything in the char uh, charge of the God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God uh, who maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, who sh uh, shall be tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written for thy sake, we are all killed all the day long. We are counted, the Bible says, as sheep for the slaughter of me. In all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friend, this is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Almighty God. Let me pray for you today. Lord, as we go into your word here, and as we look at these passages from Romans chapter number 8, God, may we be thankful for everything, God, that's happened in our lives. May we celebrate every day of our lives, not just Thanksgiving, but God, every day is Thanksgiving. Lord, be with each person. Be with each unspoken request. Be with each need we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I'm going to start off by asking a foolish question today. Do you want to go through your life miserable or do you want to go through your life happy? And by the way, that choice is up to you. Uh, just go and find out how many things you're ungrateful for and you'll go through this life that you live miserably. If you find out how many things you're thankful for and grateful for, you're going to go through life happy. And so when is Thanksgiving Day? That is the question. I know that there's some of you that are watching today and you're saying, well, what the exact day? That's not really what I'm looking for here today. We know that Thanksgiving is in November, 
But even if you guess the exact date, that's not really what I'm looking for in today's message. You know, the history of Thanksgiving is kind of interesting because George Washington, in the year 1789, he proclaimed the first official Thanksgiving Day. He gave it a specific date. He said that November the 26th should always be Thanksgiving Day. And so after that, different states started celebrating it at different times. And then, of course, Abraham Lincoln comes along and he makes a White House proclamation. And I'm quoting, the whole American people are to observe um, Thanksgiving Day on the fourth Thursday of November of every year. And so that comes about. And so since 1863, every president holds that's held office uh, has given a Thanksgiving proclamation. Uh, up until the very day that we're living. It's the fourth Thursday of every November that is designated as the official Thanksgiving Day. Now, there's some of you that are watching, of course, today, and perhaps your history buff kind of like I am, saying, Pastor Shane, I already knew that. I had, I could have given you the right answer. The fourth Thursday of every November is always Thanksgiving Day. But that's not really the answer that I'm looking for. Listen, friend, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, if you have placed all your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, every single day ought to be Thanksgiving Day in your life. We should wake up every single day with a grateful heart and say, you know what, this is Thanksgiving. There's a lot of things that you and I, that each of us could come up with that we're grateful for. Most of the time, we're always coming up with something, well, I'm grateful for all these materialistic things, and, and we ought to be grateful for our houses and so forth. But I, as we dig further, I want us to look here in Romans chapter number 8 today. Listen, you won't always be grateful for your health, and the reason being is you may not always have good health. You may not always be grateful for that next paycheck because there may not you may not always be drawing a paycheck. You can't always be grateful for money because guess what? There may be a day and time in your life that you have no money in the bank. And you can't always be grateful for a friend because guess what? One day that friend may leave you and may not no longer be your friend. And so I'm standing here today and I don't know exactly what your personal circumstances are in life and uh, or what type of environment that you're living in. But what I can tell you is from this text, there are some things that we can be grateful for. Uh, we can be grateful, number one, if you're taking notes today. And you, by the way, remember, you can always get our notes on our website. You can be grateful because God is for me. Let's look again at verse 31 at Romans chapter 8. It says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And so, my dear friend, if God is for us, who can be against us? That word, if there, by the way, in the Greek, should be translated to the word since. And what this verse here is literally saying to us is, since God is for us, who can be against us? Now, in all my years of pastoring, I've had many people, actually most of the people, come to me and say something like this. Well, Pastor Shane, I have a hard time understanding the Old Testament. Well, friend, I want to give you the formula for the Old Testament. Hopefully, it'll help you understand it just a little bit better. It is a statement that Frederick Douglass made, but we can also apply it to the Old Testament, and we can learn a great deal about the Old Testament. Here it is. God plus one equals a majority. That's what Frederick Douglass said. God plus one equals a majority. And if you go and you read the Old Testament, you're going to see a lot of the stories that we read about, that we read about in the Old Testament come up with God plus one equals a majority. Friend, I want you to know that Job learned this lesson that when he was in trouble, 
Joshua learned the lesson at Jericho. Jonah learned the lesson in the belly of a whale. David, as we studied several weeks ago in another sermon, learned this lesson when he was standing up against Goliath. Daniel learned the lesson in the lion's den. Elijah learned this lesson up on Mount Carmel. Moses learned this lesson at the Red Sea. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they learned the lesson, as the Bible says, in the fiery furnace. And so in the New Testament, Paul and Peter, they learned this lesson in prison. God plus one equals a majority. Now back to our text. The Bible says, what shall then we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What this tells you and it tells me is that we ought to wake up every single day of our life celebrating Thanksgiving, being grateful simply because God has made a promise to all believers and he has told us not to fret. He's told us not to be anxious. He says, if I am for you, who on God's planet earth can be against you? Now, this goes back to what I say said a few moments ago. I'm human. I don't know what most of you are up against this season. And I'll admit that I have no clue what's happening in your family, through your circumstances right now. Uh, I don't make a lot of promises, but here's a promise I can tell you, my dear friend. God's Word is the truth, and I believe God and His Word. That's a promise. And listen to what he says here in verse number 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up, the Bible says, for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Now, here's what he says. If God gave up his son before we were even saved, what will he not give us after we are saved? I want you to think for just a moment. If he gave his son, that is Jesus Christ, will he not give us everything that we need in life? He gave his son for you. He gave his son for me. He's going to give everything to you. And so, my friends, when we get Jesus, guess what? We get it all. And the reason I say that is Jesus owns it all. And when you make a decision to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he comes and he makes a promise in his word. And in that promise, here's what he simply says. He says, I will not only give you my only begotten son, but I'm going to give you every single thing else that you need on top of that. And so if he is for you, who can be against you? Amen. Secondly, we ought to be grateful because because, because God is with me. You know, God is always with me. Look at verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Now, that word charge in the King James language there means to indict or to accuse. And I've counseled with many, many people who say that they've been a Christian for many years, but they just don't feel worthy of the love of God. And maybe that's you today. Perhaps you have felt that way recently, or maybe in the past even. I think we all sometimes go through a point in our own lives where we ask these types of questions but I want to give you a stark warning, my friend. Do you know who is always accusing us to make us feel that way? His name is Satan. He is the devil. The devil is called, the Bible says, the accuser. We can go back and read that in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. Here's what it says. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. You know what the old rotten devil is doing day by day on a daily basis? The Bible back in the book of Revelation, 
uh, that day and night, and night and day and day and night, Satan continually goes to God, and he says, God, look at look at Shane there. Look at the thought that just went through his mind, or he'll go and say, look at his temper as he drives through that traffic in Cleveland, Tennessee. The devil is continually making accusation against everything I do and everything that you do that's wrong. Now, I have some good news here, and I have some bad news. Here's the good news. When Satan goes to God and he makes an accusation against us, guess what? He's right on. That's that's right. He, the devil's not lying at this particular time he, when he goes and makes an accusation to God against us when we do something wrong. Here's a fact. We all, every single one of us, do things that are wrong. It's not some circumstantial evidence that's out there. It's not hearsay. It is a fact that we all sin, period, end of the story. You sin, I sin, we sin. We all do wrong. We all fail God. And sometimes we fail God miserably, by the way. And so if you want to be honest, please don't tell me, but what has passed through your mind that shouldn't have passed through your mind uh, this past week? Better than that, uh, what is something that you should have done that you did not do? Now, there's many people that are watching today, many people that are listening listening through podcasts. Don't Listen, I want to I say this. If you took the past week and looked back at your prayer life and you added up all the amount of time that you spent in prayer, it wouldn't even add up to 10 minutes. And now you're sitting there and you're thinking right now to yourself, Pastor Shane, I'm worse off than I thought I was. The bad news is the devil is hell's district attorney, and he's always there. He's always bringing up an indictment against each of us in God's court. Uh, there's two things that I can say about the devil. Number one, the devil's wicked. And number two, he's foolish. And, and the reason that I can say that today is that because every case that the devil brings up in God's court, it's always thrown out. And in God's court, our defense attorney, is none other than the Lord Jesus. And by the way, here's the thing. Here's why the devil is foolish. is because, guess what? He is also the judge. In other words, Christ is also the judge. Not only is he our defense attorney, he's the judge as well. Look at verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? Is it not Christ that died? Yea, rather that it be risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who make intercession for us. Now imagine this. Imagine right now that you're in God's courtroom and the devil's the prosecuting attorney. He pulls out that big old briefcase, puts it right up on the desk. He shares everything that you've done in your life wrong. Every single thing that you've done wrong is inside that briefcase that the devil has. He's got the goods on you. He's not telling a lie here. He's got you down every thought you shouldn't have thought, every word that you said that you shouldn't have said. Uh, every day that you've done that you shouldn't have done. By the way, he's got it documented in black and white ink, and and uh, I'm sorry, black ink on white paper. And you say, "Man, I need a defense attorney." Well, you have one. First John chapter one and verse number two. Get this: the Bible says, "The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us." Here's the good news. Jesus is my counsel. He's my defense attorney. Who could have a better defense attorney in this planet, on this planet, than the Lord Jesus? Think about that. Guess who the judge is? 
It tells us, listen to this verse, John chapter 5, verse 22. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. My friend, do you get this picture here? The defense attorney is also the judge. And so for all these years, thousands of years, the devil's come into God's courtroom. He calls witness after witness. He's got evidence from A to Z. He's got exhibits. He's got the pictures. He's got the photographs, the tape recordings. He's got signed confessions from people. The devil points all the evidence out in the courtroom, and he sits down, and the defense attorney, guess what, never says a word. He just gets up, looks at the scar hands, and says, not guilty. And so the devil takes his briefcase. He goes back, and he prepares the next case. Guess what? With Jesus, case dismissed. Here's what you and I have got to understand, my friends. If you have placed your faith in none other than the Lord Jesus, then you never have to worry about the prosecution of the devil. Why? Because the case has already been settled out of court. I want you to understand that when Jesus died, when that first drop of blood fell to the ground some 2,000 years ago, God looked at your sin, God looked at my sin, and God said, guess what? Not guilty. God is for me. God is with me. He's my counsel. He's my defense attorney. And we ought to be grateful for that. And thirdly, because God is also by me. And so I want to conclude by reading the remainder of this text again. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And it goes on here to say, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, take some time out and meditate on this verse as I kind of wrap this up. Friend, there is absolutely nothing that can separate us, the Bible says, from the love of God. And so you and I, we ought to be grateful every day that God loves us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that there is nothing that can separate that love. Listen, no matter what I do that is right, God still loves me the same. No matter what I do that is wrong, God still loves me the same. And it doesn't matter if it's a bad day or a good day, if you're having a bad hair day, whatever. God always loves you and God always loves me. So next time you think about arithmetic, adding, subtracting, multiplying, division, I want you to remember this. God added grace, God subtracted sin, and God multiplied forgiveness. And guess what? That, that equates to absolutely no division from my life to his. God added grace, God subtracted sin, God multiplied forgiveness, and that equates to there being no division in my life and in his. And so, friend, here's what I want you to understand. God is good, and God is good all the time. God even loves us when we don't love him back. And so the Apostle Paul says here in verse number 37, Yet in all these things, notice this, we ask what things? Famines, floods hurricanes, bankruptcies, divorce. He says, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so, you know, you'd think the older that you get, the less difficult it would be. 
but that's a wrong way to think, friend. It gets more difficult. We have good days. We have bad days. Sometimes we have terrible days. And sometimes, guess what? I'll just be honest, we have worse days. But here's the good news, and I want to conclude by saying this today. It's the good news for you and for me. Even on the worst day that we have in our life, we ought to be grateful and we ought to be living as Christians in thanksgiving. Why? Why do I say that? Because no matter how tough it gets out there, and by the way, it gets tough, God is for me, God is with me, and God is by me. That's a promise for those who know Jesus personally. Father, today, if there's someone listening, God, if there's someone today that is watching, Lord, I pray that, God, that they'll take this message. God, that they'll apply it to their lives. Lord, let us not just be hearers, but let us be doers of your word. And so, God, I pray that this will encourage somebody that's watching here at His Vision Ministries, someone that's listening on podcast. For, Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day. We'll see you in Monday's Nugget. God bless you. We thank you for joining us today. Visit us online at isvision.org. Text the word SAVE to the number 80123 and hit send to learn how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. May God bless you.